Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm so pleased that you've joined us on this episode. I have something we're going to share with you today that is entitled 2040, China's New Long March to Global Tyranny. I know that's a big mouthful right there. That is a lot to say. I never intended to teach on this particular subject until I had a question. Is China mentioned in the Bible? And I could think of at least one place, which I believe China is referred to, but I'm amazed at what I found, and I feel compelled to teach on this today. Now, to be very clear, I make a distinction between the common people of China and the Communist Party of China. Two different things, and the people are are run by the Communist Party. So every time you hear me say China, think Communist Party, not individual Chinese people. And I honor the suffering Christians in China and the exploding house church movement in China They are certainly an example of suffering for Christ. Well, let's get right to it. The question that I had is, is China mentioned in the Bible? So let's go first to Genesis chapter 10. Now, there may be possibly other places China is referred to in the Bible, so I don't want to say this is every place, but it's the main ones that I found. It may be all of them. So in Genesis 10, it is a record of the sons of Noah and the nations and how they dispersed across the world after the flood. We read in Genesis 10:1. now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, And under them were born sons after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Madai, and Javan, and Tubal, and Meshach, and Tyrus. So let's just stop right there. We see that one of Noah's sons was Japheth, and we see the list of sons that he had, and one of them is Javan. Javan eventually made his way to China what we know today is China. And I'm going to explain how that happened. And look in verse 4. And the sons of Javan, Elisha and Tarshish, Kittim and Dodanim. Kittim here is the same word as we'll see later, Chittim mentioned in the Bible. And we know that they settled around the Mediterranean Sea, but eventually they crossed Central Asia and settled in China. So we believe here from what we know of Bible history and Chinese history that after the flood and after the Tower of Babel that the, these descendants of Noah were instrumental in founding China. So I want you to keep that in mind. Now, at the end of chapter 10, it's summed up in verse 32. These are the families of the sons of Noah after their generations, in their nations, 
and by these were the nations divided in the earth after the flood. So it's saying here, after the flood, these are how the the nations, um, you know, were sorted out across the world. Well, let's go to Genesis 11, and if you did not hear last week's episode entitled Played, the Old World Order Rising, then you need to listen to that, and that will make this episode make even more sense to you. But we read in Genesis 11, and the whole earth was one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. So they built a waterproof city. This is a well-known mixture of, of materials to build with that are waterproof. Now remember, this was after the floods, so they felt like they couldn't trust this flood-sending God, who had promised, by the way, that he would not send another global flood. By the way, I want you to know that I believe, and those who study the Bible believe, that the global, that the flood referred to was real, and that it was a global flood. So, uh, they are they are uniting here in the in Babel and building this tower, which was a uh, ziggurat for worship of seeking direction from the stars. Which uh, instead of seeking direction from God, obviously God told them to scatter and inhabit the earth, and they have united to build a a what I called in the last episode old world order. So they built a political and spiritual entity in Babel. Verse 4, And they said, Go to, and let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. And they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city." Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So this is a real historical event, and the ruins were still in existence when Herodotus, the Greek historian, visited Babylon in that area, in about in the 400s BC, and he said that he personally saw the ruins of the Tower of Babel, and he is considered, um, in, in secular terms, to be the father of modern historical method. Although obviously Moses wrote history before Herodotus was ever born, but anyway, a lot of historians look up to Herodotus. But that last phrase in Genesis eleven nine, 9, 
and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So what, what happened is the descendants of Noah, some of them, made their way into the Mediterranean area and across Central Asia and were involved in populating China after the global flood. Now, let's, let me make some points before we go to some more scripture. So we see in Genesis 10 that Japheth had a son, Javan, and Javan and his descendants went and helped settle a lot of Asia, and that would include China. In Genesis 11, we see that, that um, the descendants went across the earth, and we believe from what we know that they helped found the Han Dynasty in China. Now, around A.D. 2, there were 60 million Chinese. And this is interesting. Han history, and that's the largest dominant people group of China, Han history starts cold with a global flood. That is amazing to me. I mean, it's like they, they, uh, the history starts out of nowhere after there has been a global flood, and it refers to the Tower of Babel. Wow, I did not know some of this last week. I didn't know any of this particular stuff last week. But it's amazing what happens when you uh, open the Bible and you, you also read what others have discovered through their research. So remember that Nimrod was a, a re rebel, that's what his name means, and he was trying to build this, this ziggurat, this tower, not literally to reach into heaven, but basically to bypass God, and he was a, sort of a god himself, so to speak. And it is possible that his consort was Semiramis, you can learn more about that in a book by Herman Ho entitled Compendium of World History. And I'll leave that to you to study more about that. But uh, it is just stunning to me that Chinese history starts with referring to a worldwide global flood. That's amazing. And the Tower of Babel from which... Everyone had been scattered when the Lord confused the language and put an end to the attempt to build a world order apart from God. Now, in Isaiah 23, let's go back to the scripture here. In Isaiah 23, in verse 1, we read where Isaiah writes, The burden of Tyre, howl ye ships of Tarshish, for it is laid waste so that there is no house, no entering in. From the land of Chittim, it is revealed to them. Now, you remember I mentioned a moment ago that Chittim is a, another version of what we saw earlier that I, that I referred to. Let me find that again. I'm sorry. Um, where did we see that? In verse 4 of Genesis 10, Chittim is Chittim. Now just remember that. And Chittim ended up 
being among the descendants of Javan that went not only to the Mediterranean, but across Central Asia to China. So we believe that in Isaiah 23.1, that the, the people of Chittim would be China, and they understood, and this is what I'm getting out of this anyway, that they understood the, that Tyre had been destroyed historically. And since they were involved with trade with them, this was uh, a big deal. And so you should be realizing something right here. The people by this time living in China were completely aware of the people living in the Middle East and on the Mediterranean because they came from those peoples. You see what we're driving at here? Anyway, we're just showing you the uh, several places that China is referred to that we know of in the Bible. In Isaiah 49, verse 12, is another reference. Behold, these shall come from far, and lo, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sinem. Now, that is a reference to China. Even today, and I always... Uh, kind of laugh when I see headlines like this or an article online or in a magazine that talks about uh, Sino-American relations or Sino-Soviet, well, not now, but Sino-Russian relations. And, I've, you know, you've seen articles with headlines like that. Well, I always wondered, where does Sino come from? Uh, I'm thinking it comes right here as part of the root of this word. This is referring to China. And that's interesting. I mean, I, I didn't realize a lot of this. As I said, what I'm telling you now, I didn't realize any of this in last week's episode. Here's another place that China is apparently referred to in the Bible. In Daniel 11... We read in verse 44, now this is when the Antichrist, the beast, has made Jerusalem and the temple, Israel, his headquarters. And it says in Daniel 11:44, this is in the future now to us, but tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and utterly to make away many. We believe here that the East refers referred to would be China making a drive for global supremacy to take him out and they dominate the world. Because by the time you get to the tribulation period, there's the kingdom of the, the beast, the Antichrist, and uh, he has total control of the world, but not everybody's happy with that. And China's not going to be happy with that for sure. So we believe that is referring to China. In Revelation 9, 14 to 16, we read in this brief passage this, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand, 
and I heard the number of them. Now, these angels are demonic spirits, and you'll, you'll see this in just a minute. Uh, but a, a, a way is made through the Euphrates River Valley for China to come to the Mideast to do what we read about in Daniel 11.44. And he mentions here in verse 16, And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000,000, and I heard the number of them. I'm terrible at math, but I will take the word of people who've multiplied this. That's a 200 million man army. Now, I'm going to give you a question. Is there, has there ever been a country in history, or is there any country in the world now that could field a 200, 000, uh, 200 million man army? Well, not in history. I mean, there's nobody who could approach those numbers. And the answer about now would be, well, yeah, China could. Now, nobody, no other country could. But they could because they have 1.4 billion people in China. So we see some of the, the references to China in the Bible. But let's go to Revelation 16. And this is a more information about what we read about in Revelation 9. In Revelation 16, we're going to read, uh, uh, let's see, what are we going to read here? We're going to read a lot of it. <laughs> let's read all the way down to uh, verse 16. Let's do that in Revelation Revelation 16, 12 through 16. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. I believe that refers to China and anybody else they can get on board, like North Korea, Burma, you know, countries like that. And I saw, John says in verse 13, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. So that's Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet, the world religious leader that supports the beast. Verse 14, for they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Verse 16. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. So we have just seen the references that I'm aware of in the Bible to China. Now, why did I read all of that? Well, uh, by the way, in Isaiah 49, this is a good thing said about China. Sinem is predicted to come to worship before God in Jerusalem. So there will be many Chinese people in the millennium that worship Christ in Jerusalem. And Isaiah was prophesying that. 
But in Daniel 11:44, China makes a move against the Antichrist. In Revelation 9, 14 to 16, I would say the only nation in world history ever capable of fielding an army of 200 million men, it would be China right now. In Revelation 16, 12, the kings of the east are heading for the Middle East, specifically to Israel outside Jerusalem, the plain of Armageddon, to the battle of Armageddon. That's the kings of the east, and they are definitely east of Israel, okay? All right, so let's talk about China then and now. We're going to zoom through this. The long march in Chinese history is where Mao Zedong came to prominence, and it was a retreat to protect the Chinese army, the communist army, from being destroyed by the free army of Chiang Kai-shek. But that's where Mao rose to dominance as the leader of communist China. Mao instituted later what was called the Great Leap Forward for China. In other words, he was trying to bring China into the the modern world, so to speak. But in that Great Leap Forward, 45 million Chinese were killed to get there. And he had the attitude of, hey, you know, if, if you're going to uh, you know, make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs, 45 million eggs, you know, 45 million Chinese were killed by Mao and the com- uh, Chinese Communist Party. Now, a little more history. Some of you are old enough to remember this. Many of you may not be. President Nixon opened China, modern China, to America. President Bush won further that even more. So we have two Republicans. Now we're going to have a Democrat. Bill Clinton helped open the markets of China to America, and Walmart and many other companies flooded right into China, and now China does almost all of the manufacturing for America. Not, you know, not totally, but a whole lot of it. They make uh, a lot of our goods. They uh, make some of our defense uh, parts and things like that, I've heard. I, I can't go into detail about that, but that's what I've heard. They make our medicine. That should bother everybody. They make and package a lot of our food. Well, China is in the ascendancy for sure. And they are what in what I call now the new long march. Now, in the, in the old Long March, Mao was retreating to protect his communist army, and he rose to power. And the new Long March, Xi Jinping, the president of China for life, by the way, and also the general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party, and about three other titles, it's all the same guy, Xi Jinping is emerging as a very powerful leader in China and the world on their new long march to global tyranny. If you will research this, you will find that he has been instrumental in establishing BRI, BRI, the Belt Road Initiative. It is, it is a breathtakingly large effort 
for China to move across from China through Central Asia to the Middle East, to Europe, and to Africa, and to South America, which they're there now already in many ways, and is breathtaking in scope, and they're using debt enslavement to China um, as, as the way they can control many countries in the world. In other words, building up their infrastructure, their industries, and these countries will be indebted to China, a debt slavery. Now, China has... I don't think they're building a literal road, although I heard that once, but I can't substantiate that. But it's just the concept that they're going to blaze a trail all the way across the world that's China, 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 uh, all day, all the time for everybody. You see what's happening, and you can learn more about that by Googling. It's not a secret. It's right there online and uh, in glowing terms and all of that. You can read all about it. They also had completely corrupted the United Nations. Now, that's hard to do because that is one corrupt place, but they've taken it to an art form. Their influence has the United Nations by the throat. And pretty much what China wants done gets done, a lot of it, through the United Nations. China today is a surveillance state that murders dissenters and minorities, and especially Christians. Christians and churches and pastors are severely persecuted in China. Now, the naive among us will say, oh no, Pastor Ed, they have churches there. That's the the licensed state church where they're told what they can say and do, and they're given a, a version of the Bible that's acceptable to the Chinese Communist Party. I think the the church that's getting the job done is the persecuted church in China. Now, it is a surveillance state, as I mentioned, that murders dissenters and minorities, like the Muslims that live in China, the Uyghurs, and Christians. And by the way, if somebody finds me with an axe in my skull, like the like Leon Trotsky was murdered by the Russians, you will know if somebody finds me that the Chinese communists came after me because I can tell you that what I'm saying, they don't want said. And I'm not the only one saying it, but, you know, just joking about that. But, hey, who knows? If somebody takes me out, you'll know who did it. Amen? (laughs) They are exporting their 5G. Now, I can't even begin to explain that. You can look that up and you'll get it. They're exporting their 5G network and their surveillance to the world. I want to challenge you to view a uh, YouTube video, and it's not a religious video or anything like that. It's, uh, I, I don't know a lot about it, but I think it's called Vice Media. I think they're on HBO some, but it's, it's just a reporter being shown around China and China is so proud of how it tracks everybody. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you owe it to yourself to find out. So Google on YouTube how China tracks everyone. How China tracks everyone. It's going to blow your mind. Now, 
their abilities to surveil every person in China is being perfected with the help of American multinational corporations. In my opinion, China is is a lab, so to speak, to get all of this perfectly humming, you know, on all 16 cylinders, and then I think it's going to be brought to the entire world. China uses something they call themselves, they call it Skynet, and it combines facial recognition software with artificial intelligence, and soon, not too long from now, they will have over 600 million cameras in China to track the movements and record the movements of 1.4 billion people. Now, if your mind is filled with sports and rap and, you know, pop music and TMZ and, you know, Hollywood and all this stuff, you're not even understanding what I'm saying. But maybe we ought to get our minds out of, out of that kind of thing and pay attention to what's going on around us. Because I believe that China is making the world uh, what will eventually be one planetary slave labor camp for China. And the elitists, I believe, think that's being done so that they can continue to be elitists. But wouldn't be surprised if China took them out as well. Because that's China. <laughs> what do you want? I'm just saying that's the history. It is a murderous communist regime. So where did I come up with that wacky title of 2040? You know, China's new long march to global tyranny. Where did I come up with that? Well, let me give you some books that... Um, I'm not saying that I've read these, but I know about these, and I've heard interviews uh, by at least, uh, one. I think, two authors, actually, of these books, and I've read a little bit about them, but you may want to read the books yourselves. Read this book. Now, these are not, like, quote, Christian books. These are not, like, preachers who wrote these books. These are just books, secular books. One of them was written by two Chinese senior Air Force colonels in the People's Liberation Army, uh, Colonels Ling and Colonel Jing Shi. That's pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> I worked on that a long time. The title of the book is Unrestricted Warfare. In that book, written in 1999, these two colonels laid out a very strong case of how China would be foolish to directly directly deal militarily with a country like, I don't know, say America, <laughs> or any of their enemies, but I think they were thinking of America, um, through direct military confrontation. So they said what we need to do is use lawfare, that's a term, like law warfare, and you can research that, and I think they do that through things like the United Nations and other places, and, listen to this, economic warfare. Let that sink in, what I just said. They believe that if they affect networks and 
support terrorism, for example, and I'm thinking right about now, can't prove it, but I think the Wuhan virus, I mean, like I said last week, I don't know where it came from. I can't prove that, but I can, I can say this with certainty, that China made sure it did not spread in China, but they did not stop Chinese uh, passengers from flying to the rest of the world. So whether they meant to do it or not, or created it, who knows? Maybe somebody will prove that either way. But, but we know this. In essence, those Chinese passengers flying to places like Milan, Italy, and into Spain, and into Iran, and so forth, were in essence biological weapons. Think about that. So I believe that China is actually following this thinking of unrestricted warfare, of clever ways to take down the West and especially America. And remember that one of those ways they talked about was economic warfare. A second book, Deceiving the Sky, by Washington Times reporter Bill Gertz. I think he's still with the Washington Times, an excellent book. Now, that title comes from the idea in China that the emperor was like a god, and, and God is in the sky, and so the sky sees all. You following me on that? So if you were going to, to uh, win a war, you had to deceive the sky. In Deceiving the Sky, Bill Gertz lays out an excellent case for what China is up to in the modern world. So you might want to read that one. Here's a third one, China RX, like the RX for prescription. China RX is written by Rosemary Gibson, and in April 2018, she gave an example of why having our medicine made in China is not a good idea. This was in April 2018, two years ago. She said, imagine a United States Navy ship in battle in the South China Sea with China that had injured United States Navy personnel needing medical help from dot, 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 China. <laughs> that makes no sense, right? And I, I want to say this. Now, she didn't say this, but I want to say this. I believe we have been sold out to China by a lot of Democrats and some Republicans who are flax for China at our nation's peril. But it does pay well, so who cares, right? China's stated goal is to have global dominance by 2040. And that's where I got the title from. Pastor Ed, what is your point? You are nuts. No, I'm not, my friend. I speak with a sober mind, like the Apostle Paul said. These are not things that I made up in my mind. If you will turn off the reruns on ESPN and American Idol and all of this stuff that distracts people, if you'll turn that off long enough to become a student again, you're going to be shocked. So here's my point. I believe it's almost closing time. 
I believe that if China is involved in end-time events, we may be getting way closer than you could ever imagine to the rapture of the church. Because I believe Scripture teaches that Christ takes his bride out of this world before the tribulation period is unleashed upon the world. And I think China will play a major part in that. Oh, that's my point. So what I would say is if you're not saved yet, you need to get saved. If you are a Christian, now more than ever, you need to live for Christ and witness for Christ. And all of us need to get ready for the rapture of the church. I don't know how long it may be, and I have said before that it, you know God is sovereign. It, it may be about to happen, and if he sovereignly says no, not yet, that's up to God. But I'm not blind, and I can see the circumstances around us certainly, um, certainly make it possible that we are living on the verge of the rapture of the church, and the tribulation period that will follow that. So my advice is get saved, live for Christ, and get ready for the rapture. Now, I want to read a passage of Scripture to you. Many of you know this uh, passage, and I'm about to refer to, but, but some of you may not, and I want you to hear it. This may be the first time you've ever heard this verse. Maybe you've seen the reference, and, and I, I'm aware that people have said, what does this mean? And they didn't even know. So I want to assume that there may be someone listening that doesn't know. Have you ever seen, like in a sports stadium, somebody holding up a sign that says John 3.16? Have you ever seen that? Yeah, Pastor Ed, I've seen that, but I always wondered, what does that mean? All right, I'm going to tell you. What that means is, You've heard of the Bible, of course, hopefully, but in the Bible, there's a gospel, a book about the good news of Jesus Christ. There's a gospel written by the Apostle John, who was a, a disciple of Christ. He saw his crucifixion, and he saw his resurrection after he was resurrected. And John wrote... A, the gospel, and in the third chapter, that's John 3, and in the 16th verse, see John, see how that works, John 3, 16, this is what John wrote. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The reason Jesus Christ came to this earth, died on the cross for the sins of mankind, was dead, buried, and resurrected is so that people like you could believe in him as being God. You could have a new spiritual life. He comes to live in you. And the wonderful thing is we will not perish eternally but we will have everlasting life and be with Jesus Christ forever. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, if you realize that you are a sinner and you've committed many sins and you, you are feeling guilt about that now, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you of your sin, your lost condition, that you don't belong to Jesus Christ right now. But if you will trust that he, he was crucified and he rose again the third day, he is God, and what He did on the cross paid the price for your sin that you owe. He paid it for you. If you will believe in Him, then you can have that everlasting life as well. Now, I know that you may have questions about that. I want to give you a, a phone number here. I'm going to say it twice. 888-537-8727. If you pray to ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord, I want you to call that number and someone will help you grow in your new faith in Christ. If you want to know more about what it means to become a Christian, a believer in Jesus, call that number and someone will help you become a Christian and help you grow as a Christian. Hey, listen, if you're a Christian and you know you need to grow, call that number and resources will be made available to you so that you can grow in your walk with Christ and your witness for Christ. Well, listen, I know that we've been over a lot of stuff and your head is probably still spinning with what we did in this 40 or 50 minutes. But I, I don't take my don't take my word for it. You go search out all of this for yourself, and and you're going to come back and say, Pastor Ed, thanks for telling me the truth. And you will realize how late it is. It's probably three minutes till midnight prophetically right now. Well, listen, I I thank you for listening today, and I hope that you feel like this has been worth your time. And I look forward to seeing you. I won't actually see you, but teaching you on the next episode. I want you to tell people about this. Share it on social media. Share it online. Tell others how to find This Week in the Word. It can be found easily at www.dredhill.podbean.com. It can be found on many places where podcasts are located. Thank you again for listening. God bless you. And if Jesus doesn't come first, then I'll look forward to teaching again next week. Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye.